Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we are talking about how to shape your taste. Sue had this epiphany the other day. We were driving down the road and talking about what we're going to say on the podcast. And she said, I've got a juicy one. Yeah. I can't even remember like how it came or I saw an article and it was talking about shaping taste. I'm like, that's fascinating. It is. You know, that this is this ever evolving thing that we should be feeding, right? It should be. Hopefully, right? Hopefully, yeah. Like it's an oil painting, not an acrylic that can still be molded and it can Uh still change as it should as we are exposed to different things. And and you often, you drive down the street and you, you see some ta- houses and you're like, who made that taste decision? You know, and like maybe someone with no taste or, you know, mm-hmm. but then it's a completely subjective, it's a completely subjective topic, this cloud in the air, because taste is that of the beholder, Yeah, you know, and the beholder and their experiences. So who am I to judge? And define what it what is good taste. So as we've just been talking about that, we've just been talking about just with us. Mm-hmm. You know, we are asked to design people's homes yeah. and interpret them through our lens. Mm-hmm. You know, and take what taste notes that we have on what what pairs nicely with their story, and try to try to really you know, feel them in an environment so that they feel at home and they feel like their taste has been reflected correctly. Mm-hmm. And so what is taste? How are we shaping our tastes and how have we shaped our taste? That's what we kind of want to get into mm-hmm. today, which is really, like Jess said, this is a juicy one. It is. And, and I, I, I can't I, stop <laughs> asking people like what shapes your taste for like the last week I've been asking everybody. And it's really fascinating because people pause and and it's, it's been a variety of answers. Some I'm surprised by some, yeah, some really I, profound. I wish our podcast table was, um, 18 feet long and that we could have 30 more people yeah. sitting here with it's microphones because I know each of you guys are going to have your own take on what shapes your taste and what taste is. It's a very elusive thing. Yeah. And, um, t- beauty is in the, in the eye of the beholder and, and it's in the eye of our experiences. And the more we experience, I think the more our taste evolves and the more people we meet, we, um, align their life experience with certain tastes and certain looks. And it's fun when we're designing a home for somebody, when we can match at least what the taste in their closet is to somewhat of a lifestyle, because we know that they always wear this color or they only wear Christian Dior, or they only, do you know what I mean? Like you start to see these patterns and these trends in what they wear. And then it starts to translate into the lifestyle for us. And we know they're going to love it because we've seen what's in their closet and we see what they're buying over and over again. And we see how formal they are or how casual they are and, um, you know, like what's important to them. And then we can start to make a home based on all the evidence that we find that lives in their other purchasing decisions. So with that, let's get into how to shape your taste. I know this ongoing, ever elusive term of taste and who's to say if it's bad or if it's good, if it's totally you. So this is, I don't know how to like, you know, create an analogy for this any other way. I studied communication in college. Um, 70% of people would say they're good communicators. And there was like a rubric that you could take to see if you were or not. And most people are wrong. So mm, fascinating. Yeah. I would say that's also true for taste. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that, that's, that's yeah. kind of where I'm going with in this. So, lens, I mean, it, sure. it is probably, you know, it's more subjective 
you know, than communication is. But at the same time, I feel like if you're the type of person that thinks you have good taste and you're just like set where you are, like, you know, we were talking about this before that taste needs to evolve. I think trying to be, you know, trying to learn and pick up what's happening around you, uh, in like in your, in your environment. And that's, what's going to like build your taste and make, you know, create like your, um, you know, baseline for taste. And then the thought of always keeping like, you know, that you can always learn more. I think mm-hmm. that's what gives someone good taste because they can be adaptable and they can, um, understand maybe like something that, um, someone else is doing and why that's good and how can they, they can adapt in their own lives. If that makes sense, rather yeah. than just replicate it. Definitely. And I do want to create an argument really quick for taste. Yeah. And that is this, I, I've noticed that, um, with, with a younger crowd that loves TikTok, right? These young 20 somethings, teen somethings, there's a lot of micro trends that happen on TikTok. They think if they are playing into the micro trends and then they know what's quote unquote on trend, mm-hmm. like coastal grandma or dark academia or whatever these little trends are, and they're dressing that way that they have good taste, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think it's different than being trendy or, or if they speak in definitive terms, which is is like, just because, yeah, 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 like just because you're speaking in absolutes doesn't necessarily mean that you're right. Like, I think that portrays confidence and people mistake confidence with like, uh, you know, having good opinions and those are not necessarily synonymous with each other. Although Mm -hmm. I think you have to have a level of confidence to be able, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Or to build your good taste. Yeah. So. Um, Sue, give the quote really quick about taste being good or bad, but at least have some kind of, what was that quote again? Okay. Um, I can't even remember who said it, but it said good taste is better than bad taste, but bad taste is better than no taste. Yes. And in my mind, what I think of when we, when we said that was that sometimes you see somebody walking down the road and they're completely owning their whole look mm-hmm. and their vibe. <clears throat> and you love that they have a point of view. Respect that. Right. And, and, so and there's much. confidence, like you just said, there's confidence with it, but they know their mind and they know who they are. And in my mind, I'm hearing Macklemore's thrift shop going mm-hmm. and the beat of it. And they're walking to the beat yep. and they know, and they have the confidence and that is their taste and that is their style. And they and own it. Honest. It's completely honest. Yes. So read the quote again. What was it? Mm, good taste is better than bad taste, but bad taste is better than no taste. Yeah. So, give a damn, so you know? at, at least they give a damn yeah. and at least they do have taste in a point of view. Yeah, and I think I respect that's respectable. That. I think good taste is obviously very respectable, but no taste at all. Not even caring, phoning it in sweatpants, pandemic, sitting in front of a zoom lens. And that's being sad, right? You know, like you, yeah. people deserve to like kind of take their life experience good or bad and mm-hmm. have a reaction to it. That should therefore be represented on your person, how you, how you present yourself or, and for sure in your environment yeah, and how you reflect yourself to the people that come into view. Totally. So I, I love that. I completely believe I was talking to um, a good friend of mine that she's an artist out in Arkansas and she were talking on this topic and, and she was so cool. Like when we were like in high school, we grew up and she would always, she was the one that was like looking through Vogue, making collages, just Mm. super duper creative. It's no wonder that she's an artist today. Um, But she was like, when we were younger, um, there was this immature view that I had that once you found your taste, like you had this like pie in the sky, you found your taste. um, That meant you had your taste and that you stuck with that taste through your whole life. 
when really the older we get, um, she's realizing that this should be an ever evolving thing that's defined only by our experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and that it should just get better and better and better. So I, I know that we talk about Iris Apple here all the time, but like, she's just the one that comes to mind when I think of just like tastemakers and like, she is absolutely her taste. Mm-hmm. Like she is she and it might not be everybody's jam, but you cannot not respect that woman. That's yes, exactly. For showing up. That's what should be inspiring to people. It shouldn't be like, I want to be like, have their style. It should be like, they are, you know, are who they are meant to be. And mm-hmm. their outward- uh, Presentation of themselves. Yeah, presentation yeah. of themselves is a representation of the inside of them. Like that's mm-hmm. what should be inspiring. You know what I mean? You I want to that. be that. Yes. Amen. That's so good. Very juicy. Very. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. Amen, amen. Um, There was this one other quote too from Alexander Pope. I was looking him up. He he was a poet, I believe in like the 18th century, right? Um, and he said, genius creates and taste preserves. Mm. And I, and I love this and I read it like several times, like to just like really involve genius creates and taste preserves. I think a lot of times, um, even to, and we're, we're creatives, mm-hmm. but oftentimes we're influenced by things and we take those images like this this taste that's been preserved mm-hmm. and we're admiring it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. via. via images that our client gives us. We're we're admiring these things that's kind of influencing our taste Mm -hmm. to then be able to create something individual, even though we're just taking nuggets from that. And so to you listeners, like as you guys are like really kind of analyzing your taste and what you've kind of gathered when you think about like what has shaped my taste in the past, hopefully what's coming out of your end is something creatively you, Mm -hmm. you know, based on the, on the taste that was preserved and given to you through your different experiences. Yeah. So I just love that. A lot of genius creates and taste preserves. Yeah. You know, to still influence and inspire mm-hmm. for sure. 
Yeah, I love looking. Um, some of my most favorite features in magazines or online today is looking at designers in their own homes mm, because too. they've they've seen all the decades of design. They've seen all the things created. I feel like a lot of them, um, you know, like a favorite of mine right now is, of course, Jeremiah Brandt and um, his husband, Nate Burkus. And it's it's so fun to see their home that they went back and bought a second time and then redid. And the whole home is antiques and it's all these things from different eras that they're just obsessed with and they love the lines of and it's hard to get them and they never create um, and they're not being created anymore but what was it genius creates taste preserves these things have all been preserved in tight in time because of the great taste mm -hmm. and the great designers minds that created them the first time and then these new designers go and they find them and they just worship them and cherish them and they're like ah. Oh, I'm finally home because I've always wanted this and I get to live with it, you know, and it's, yeah. it's something that they, they take a lot of time and energy to find these, these pedigreed things that they've always wanted. And, um, anyway, I think their genius minds created these things that have been preserved, which is a really, really cool thing. We of course can do this with They're new things in the marketplace. Creativity, though, yes. Which is the beautiful thing. It's being yes. interpreted in a completely different combination. Yeah. In a way, which is beautiful and, and cool that they came back to the home that they had had at one point and it was different both times. Mm -hmm. So therefore their taste evolved yeah. together, individually together as a family, mm -hmm. you know, with children, all those things influence our lives and they shift it, you yeah. know, as they should, you shouldn't be dressing the same way you were 10 years ago. You've yes. experienced things, your body's changed. Yeah. You should adapt. I feel the same way about so. the hair and the makeup. Totally. Right. We should just constantly be curious about how to further, you know, enhance and change our changing faces. My eyes droop down more than they used to. So let's I just do. really draw that wingy totally. eyeliner up to try and fight that. Or do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we, uh -huh. we need to constantly be thinking and changing and evolving as humans, both mm -hmm. our spirits and our minds and our bodies and our style, totally. I think can continue to evolve all within like, the envelope of things that you feel are the most you, right? Depending on what decade, I think that I was just talking to um, a friend about um, taste and style. And it's, this, of course, elusive topic like we're talking about. And she said, you know, I feel like the pandemic really kind of put a big a big damper on all of our style and our tastes because we were all working from home. We weren't social. We weren't seen by others. We quit getting ready in the morning. We wore athleisure and now all of a sudden the doors are open again and we've forgotten how to get ready and we've forgotten how to style ourselves and we're just trying to do what feels good, you know, but it's a little bit like amateur hour again because maybe we forgot, you know, like for her, she was like, I, I just, you know, we just didn't get, we gave up, you know? Mm -hmm. So really it's interesting. It is an interesting thing. I also think a really interesting thing that's happened is social media mm -hmm. because suddenly somebody that has quote unquote good taste is a quote unquote influencer and she's telling everybody what to swipe I up hate it. and buy for it. And then, and then you yourself don't do the work of finding your individual style and your individual taste and owning it. You put the ownership in their taste and their style and you're buying what they're saying is quote unquote popular, right? Yep. Double click on and the side. So there's like a loss of it. self sometimes if you're totally. not putting your own spin on it. Yeah. And, and I just think that we all need to really like, if we're swiping up to buy that we're putting those on and interpreting, interpreting them in different ways. Yes. We, t we trust their taste level. Mm -hmm. Yes. We love the way that they're putting it together, but let's not lose ourselves in the process. No, you know, totally. We were talking about this before and now I'm thinking about it, li listening to you, how 
there are certain brands that kind of had just their stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important. That's why like, you know, it's important to maybe just, if you're going to develop your wardrobe or something like that, your style in that sense, it's, it's good to, you know, kind of pull elements from everyone. Or if you're going to write a song, it's, you know, it's like good to like pull elements from rock and pop, you know, that's what makes things. The mashup. Yeah. 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 And it makes it interesting. Yeah. And, and with interior individual. Yeah. Like yeah. using different, um, using different materials or, you know, pulling accessories together that have like different finishes and different, use mm. different materials. Like that's what makes things. So the look isn't so dry Yeah, that you're like, we got to put something glossy in the mix. We Ooh. can't just only have honed everything. Thing. We've got to have a wetness or a see-throughness or a, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you want the sheer and the solid and the living and the, and the patina of the metal and all of these things in the mix where and if you talking to each other, yeah. Where if you stick with one brand and you have one point of view, then I think the outfit is a little bit flat and a little bit out. dry. Yeah. 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 Yep. Totally. Yeah. Right there's just no soul to it either. You yeah. Know, I think one's in like own personal spin on it is what makes it good. Yeah. You know, and wasn't Anna Wintour, she said like, I'm not looking for the girl that comes in head to toe with a label. Cause that's easy. Yeah. That's really easy. That's beautiful. It was beautiful on the mannequin. It'll be beautiful on you likely. Right. It's luxury. She's interested in the individual, you know, on how that they would put something together creatively. Cause she knows that that, that. person's going to go at problems that way at life that way. Yeah. And it's just a more interesting way to live. I think, I think if you allow yourself to do that, I think you will feel alive. I think if you allow yourself to do that in your space, I think you will feel more alive, mm-hmm. you know? And even um, one of the questions on here was like, how did you develop your taste or like what are con- contributing factors that you can identify directly to how your taste has been shaped? Just yeah. same thing with me and like, and Corey too, just what were those things? Cause I do think it is just like where we've lived, yeah. what we've experienced, you know? I have to say I resonated so much with the um, documentary, I'm going to call it, very Ralph, Ralph Lauren's uh, documentary. Um, and I feel, this is a stretch, but I feel a little a little bit um, on the same plane with him when he talks about growing up in a very simple town, right? And that he dreamed of the most beautiful thing in his mind, which he could, which would be like a polo game. And what would people be wearing? And what would the people watching be like? And what would that experience be like of being so wealthy that you could play this sport atop horses, you know? Yeah. And and he just created this brand out of out of an imagination, out of this idea. And I resonated with that because I grew up in a really small town, graduating class of 200 people, a city called Ridgefield, Utah. And, um, we were kind of transplants to this area. Um, my dad's an eye doctor and he went through the, the air force to be able to get there. And, um, we moved here and everybody in the town was cousins. Everybody's related to each other. <laughs> and our family has this weird last name. We're German. Our last name's Lukinge. And, um, we were, there's no other Lukinges in town. There was no cousins anywhere. <laughs> and, um, it was, you know, it was interesting to try and fit in mm-hmm. and their lifestyle was, was different than ours. Cause you know, my parents are from different areas, they're not from Richfield. And, um, my mom has this, you know, English major and wanted us to speak a certain way. And, <laughs> you know, like we just, we had a very different look 
look and outlook and point of view. And for me, I just remember ripping apart catalogs and magazines and I would go to LK pharmacy and I would get magazines and I would charge them to my parents' account. Sorry, mom. And I knew how to perfectly forge her signature. Um, she would even say better than her sometimes. And I would bring home stacks of magazines and I would live through them and look at these beautiful lifestyles and dream of what that would be like. And of course, movies, right? You'd be watching Pretty in Pink or listening to the soundtracks and it wasn't country music, which was the only music you could mostly hear in this small town. And then I would just like dream of what those lifestyles would be like. Oh my gosh, I wonder what those kids are like in California that listen to this cool music, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was more this ideal life that I sort of created this bubble for myself that mm -hmm. I wanted so badly to know what that would feel like and be like to be able to dress like Cindy Mancini in my favorite movie or mm -hmm. to, you know, listen to these soundtracks or have those cute cars or convertibles or whatever yeah. it was and just rip apart these cute teen magazines or the catalogs that would come, you know, I remember when I first got married, there was this pair of sheets that I just loved from Garnet Hill. The one day I would want, and I got them for my wedding gift. And in my early wedding pictures, I was looking at them and they were white sheets with these blue scribbly long flowers on them. And you yes, know, like just gorgeous, you just sort of idealize these things mm -hmm. that you really want a lifestyle for yourself. That's very different than the world that you grew mm -hmm. up in. And I think magazines and catalogs and movies really started to shape what I thought was ideal mm -hmm. and what I'm going to call taste, you know? Yeah. So I think that was like the early form of that, but I'd be curious to know you guys, how did you start to shape your taste? What did you guys, what, what was beautiful to you or ideal to you I when you were growing up? I was kind of jotting like some of these down. I'm like, what? I'm a mixed bag. I feel like I'm, I'm super eclectic, but I look uh -huh. at like the places that I've been, you know, that my family's from California. I'm uh -huh. the youngest of five surprise baby. You know, we moved here. Like so I lived in California until about junior high and we lived here, but like we were just always in nature. Like mm -hmm. we always go camping. So we always be like by the beach, you know? So I, I really identified with this, like California, like the beach, the sun, the water, natural, honest materials, which mm -hmm. I still gravitate towards. But then we moved to, to Utah and then you get exposed to Sundance mm -hmm. and you kind of this Ralph Lauren Sundance appeal. And, you know, and like, then you, you add that into the mix and then you go to college and you have experiences there and, you know, and I was able to go to Scotland, which like had a very traditional like mm -hmm. impact on my style where I really started to appreciate, I appreciated layers a lot, but even more so just that ooey gooey, just like historic traditional layer and feel that like got added onto my canvas there. And then I went to Alabama, right. You know, where you just like, you're just introduced in, in both in California and Alabama and you're just exposed to more diversity and so mm -hmm. more cultures. And you're, I'm really curious about people's culture and I love people obviously in my art collection, like I just can't get enough of them. And I just want to learn about their culture and I want to go there mm -hmm. and I study and I watch documentaries. And so all those things, I think it's just a matter of being curious. Um, and just like, and how, and then you start to collect items throughout your life, you know, be it via art collection is probably like my, my biggest collection, but and then you look at those things and you're just like, gosh, that really does identify so many portions of what and why and how they're still there. Mm -hmm. They're still in my collection. They're still in that taste development bank, mm -hmm. you know, and I hope to just keep on adding to it. But 
but yeah, I would just say just like the exposure of those things and the curiosity that, that you feel once you, once you see one thing, you're curious about that other thing. Yeah. And I need to learn more about that. And Mm -hmm. I love this culture. I love the food. What, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, what do, what do they wear there? What are those colors Mm -hmm. and pigments? And, and those things I feel like have shaped me and the people there and you fall in love with the people, those people shape you. And that all has shaped my taste and continues to shape my taste because I'm still hungry for it. Yeah. You shouldn't be stagnant. Like I want, I want it to get better. No artist is ever complacent. Mm-hmm. I really don't. They're going to always be their own worst critic. Cause we're always just like, we want to hop to the next stone. Cause there's something great there too. Yeah. You know, that, that's you how things to, get better though. Like if you're do. like, Oh, that was perfect. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like then you're like, yeah. you know, if you like write a song or, and you're like, Oh, that was the best song that could ever be, you know, but you're like, no, that yeah. sucks. Like, like I need to do it better this way. And you write another one, you know, and that's how, Mm-hmm. I think that's how like greatness is accomplished is just by just so. keep going and just really refining and analyzing everything that you do. Yeah. Um, well, and also hopefully you couple up with somebody in life if you choose, you know, marriage or friendships or whatever they are. And you're with people that support that in you, mm-hmm. because I think it'd be very stifling to have this creative spirit that wants to be in creation like all of us are mm-hmm. and to be with somebody that doesn't love change and doesn't you know, like one of the saddest things that, um, I can see is like, I, I have a favorite girlfriend who's not allowed to cut her hair and continues to style the same way she does from the nineties. And she's a grown woman in I'm her late forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think we need to continue to evolve and change and hopefully we partner with people, um, and friends that bring that out in us and continue to challenge us. I was listening this morning to, um, the Smartless podcast and they had Ben Affleck on and he was talking about his relationship with, um, his best friend, um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. And how they would challenge each other when they were first beginning to act and they would kind of go back and forth and back and forth and trying to work things out they young like and they'd, 12, yeah and they'd be like no let's do it again no let's do it this way no okay that was good and then they would build on the good way and I hope that in life that we can have partners and people that cheer us on that want to continue to help us and are interested in evolving in our taste and and other areas too right like mm-hmm. furthering our talents and and everything else but it is um it is a growing thing I feel like it's probably like um, like, like yeast, if you're a bread maker, that it's going to continue to grow and that, mm-hmm. that the opportunity is there as long as we have eyeballs to see it and, and brains to, to take it in that we want to continue to mold it and change it and evolve it and go, thank goodness I took it from there. And we can all look back and laugh at our past haircuts. Mm-hmm. And I took it to here and that I didn't stay where I was in what I think is good taste. Yeah. 30, 40 years later. You know what yeah. I mean? No, and I, yeah. will, and I will say to, to all this good taste doesn't mean you have to have a lot of money. Oh, cheers. At all. Yeah. And so just even that one girlfriend that I was talking to, she's just like your mom's house. And even like mm-hmm. the little attic that we're in, she's like, they weren't large, but they were generous. Mm-hmm. Like just in like it's environment and it's detailing because they felt like the human mm-hmm. that was in there. So just make sure that like whatever you're putting out there, you know, that it feels like you, what a disservice to not do that. Even like when we're doing clients homes, we get to that last layer, that art layer. It's really hard Mm -hmm. for people to identify with that because that should be personal and they have a hard time nailing it down, which is totally fine, but don't just like settle for the abstract and say that that's, we're all, you know, that's totally fine if that's what you feel, you know, but it should ever be evolving. 
-hmm. It shouldn't, when I go in there seven years from the time that we styled it, I want it to look different. I want things to be added there, Mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, we'll refresh things, but I want your collection to, to grow. Jess, you'd say the same thing. We've had clients and dear friends, you know, who we started, you know, one Mm -hmm. in particular, we had a home and she had, you know, a small collection and she was just starting, you know, and she just had four ghost chairs Mm-hmm. And just, and we've done several homes with her and it's been amazing yeah. to just watch through her life experiences. And we've been able to like, we're friends, good friends. And so we've been able to see like how she's changed, how her family's changed, you know, taste her has changed, taste changed over and over and over again. And it's fascinating you guys, yeah. just because like what she's in, we just did a basement for her and she's inspired her favorite places, Shibuya Crossing, mm-hmm. you know, in Tokyo. And, and she loves London. Those are her two favorite cities. And so combining these things and she's been buying the art and it's mm-hmm. been such a pleasure and honor to frame it yeah. because like, this is stuff that she's collected, that she resonates, you feel something mm-hmm. and the space is going to be more important to her. And they're going to be pieces that are evergreen in her life. Yes. And they're the pieces that her children will remember. And they're not they trending. Like her. They're not trending. They are absolutely steeped in her life experience and it will forever be amazing. You know what else I love about her besides her taste changing is I love watching what she has to wear that day. Oh, amen. Because she's the she, best inventory guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, she puts herself together in a way that somebody who travels internationally does and has her own point of view and, you know, has a very different upbringing than either of us. And I just think her taste is just so fun to watch change and evolve. And I hope you guys have a friend that you feel like that about, you know, because they're, they're Inspiring. interesting people. And, um, I think they own it and they wear it in a way that's completely them. And it's so inspiring, whether it's in style or out of style, isn't a, isn't a factor at all. Yeah. It's just all in her good taste, you know, which is super fun. What shaped your taste, Corey? Yeah. I feel like most people, at least for me, when I hit my thirties, I really started getting like introspective and trying to figure out, you know, kind of, la- I was, I was landing on who, I? who I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, who I am. And I think was defined my taste as well as like where I've, you know, been mm-hmm. like Sue said, um, but are two attributes that I've just have, um, you know, that are God given. And I think the first one is that I'm a dreamer. Like I lay awake at night, like even still, and I dream of things and like, how do I make this happen? And then the second is that I become obsessed with things. Mm-hmm. Whenever I love something, I love it to like a thousand percent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether totally. that's like when I was 12, I started skateboarding and I still love skateboarding mm-hmm. and I do it as often as I can. And I became obsessed with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, like to an extent I'm obsessed with Alice Lane. Like I'm obsessed with just like making this cog, you know, that we're like trying to move, just like mm-hmm. go, you know? Yeah. And, uh, just really diving deep into the things that I love that really connect to my soul. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's what, uh, you know, has like built my taste. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I have good taste, but I'm like on the road to kind of collecting the things in life, you know, either metaphorically or physically, Mm -hmm. um, that are a representation of, of who I am. You have great yeah. taste, Corey. Thank you. Yeah, you do yeah. for sure. Thank you. No. Yeah, I think so You're for sure. You're creative and like you have a lot of different avenues that you express yourselves. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah, my wife, it, only, it only gets better. That's that, the cool thing about taste. It yes, can only get better. It does like get better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And each of, I think each, everybody's perspective is, is really relevant. It's really fun to talk to older people with 
great taste. We have a client that I think Sue and I both have a really big crush on um, every time we see her. And she's probably, I don't even know, she's ageless to me. If I were guessing, I'd say maybe she's in her 60s or late 50s, but um, it's really irrelevant. She is infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I wish I could, <laughs> I wanted to call her today to ask her a question about, cause I had a girlfriend text me and say, I'm headed to Palm Springs. What are two things I have to do? You know? And I was like, oh man, I have a list of things that I love to do every time I'm there, but I want to call her and say, cause she has a home in Palm Springs and say, what are the two things that you have to do when you get there? You know? And so I think it's really fun to talk to people that have, you know, really good taste and have live their life longer than I have to be able to lean on them to, um, to Disneyland fast pass me to what they know is true. And, um, I hope that all of you guys have people in your life like that, that, you know, have great taste and that it's ever evolving and changing and that you love their eye and that you can continue to learn on and be, um, tutored. Do you know what I mean? As you get there, or they can come over and look at this piece of art and kind of hold their mouth funny while you guys figure out how to hang it or whatever it is. But I think the more we lean on each other, the more interesting, um, the canvas becomes and the more complete it becomes. And hopefully we are all continuing to learn and grow from each other as we get there, but hopefully we're all also obsessed with something. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really love that term and I resonate with that a lot. Corey and I are both Leos. Mm -hmm. And so we both love really hard and big. Yeah. It's it's way, (laughs) it's way funny. Cause we'll like say, you're like, Oh, I'm like this. Like yesterday, I think it happened. You're like, yeah, you're a Leo. And I was like, yeah. And it's like, we totally get it. You know? Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about star science, but we know what it's like to be a Leo, don't we Corey? (laughs) And so I resonate a lot with being obsessed with something. And I think one of the things that I am obsessed with is taste and what makes people tick. Mm -hmm. And because we get to do this for other people. We try to do it in the very best taste possible and trying to figure out what makes them tick because then it will be the most them version of, of their home and their property that we could potentially make it, you know? So yeah. Amen. Good stuff. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening today, guys. I hope you continue to shape your taste. If you have any questions for us, please send them to dearalice at alicelanehome.com. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 